This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. I am your host, Andrew Patterson, along with the CTO, Michael Remus. And um, we got a lot to get to today. A very, very big show coming up. We're going to get a Gold Eyes update on their season with our good friend, the GM, Andrew Collier, in just a few minutes. We'll recap the Blue Bombers draft with Eddie Tate coming up about an hour from now on the program. And we'll talk Winnipeg Jets, North Division, the upcoming playoffs, Rangers, Islanders, Overdrive nonsense, and more with the man himself, Jamie Noodles McLennan, coming up. As always, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily brought to you our great family of sponsors, not Autocorp, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug, Assiniboy Downs, Breezy Bend, Cool Bet, and Aikens Lake. And um, Michael Remus joins me now to get into it. Remo, the streak is over. The playoffs are clinched. And it's time to break the whites out. What's going on? Oh, yeah, there right you here. Go. here. Nice, can, you got we, the pom-poms out. I got the pom-poms. I got my OG Jets 1.0, Moose 1.0 pom-pom. So this can be our, you know, we had the Ken gif yesterday. <laughs> This isn't quite Ken, this isn't quite Ken level, but we got to do something. Uh, I saw Scott uh, had the like champagne flute on with Kenny and Rennie last night, so I don't. What have a any, move! What yeah. a move! Billick dropping the 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 champagne flute for probably water. What was in? Yeah, it looked, a great it looked like night. water. There were there were no <laughs> bubbles in that. But yeah, um, was, look, you got to do what you can to celebrate. Um, it is a bit. I don't know. It seemed like those, you know, normally you celebrate the playoffs and you're you're pumped, you're happy, you're celebrating. This was pretty just like, oh, finally get one after the seven games of hell. So, <laughs> I mean, it was inevitable. You knew they were they had a 99% chance to make the playoffs during this whole streak. Like it dropped from like 99.9 to like 99.1 and they finally get the win last night. So, it was great. I made a couple lineup changes. So, that's all it was. You just needed to tweak the lineup a bit and get secure the win. Shout out to everybody that's with us in the chat. Hit that like button if you haven't already. Um, I see the uh, <laughs> Gregory's got some t- t- texts already. Uh, Richard Weiss is here. Shout out to T. Kona Polly. Uh, Matthew Thompson is wondering if there's live y- audio outside of YouTube. As of right now, there is not, but that is something, obviously, as we grow, we're looking to, uh, we're looking to work for. There's Marshall Patterson. What up, Marsh? Finally, a slight ray of light. Been almost three freaking weeks. And Dallas Pauls. Hey, Dallas. Hus, you need to change your background to uh, to white. Yeah, well, we could certainly do that. There was another one. Someone was asking if Little Brown Jug has a draft. Um, I'm assuming you're talking about draft beer, not like a hockey draft or a playoff draft. Uh, and the answer to that is absolutely yes. We'll tell you a little bit more about what our friends at Little Brown Jug have cooking up for Mother's Day a little bit later on on the program. But um, yeah, you, I, may I suggest next time you're out, try the 1919. It is the uh, an unbelievable beer available at most spots that Little Brown Jug is available. So yeah, Reem, uh, shout out win last night. Adam Lowry, let's start off with the uh, the bouquets, if you will, for last night's game. Adam Lowry. Uh, his absence was very much missed during the losing streak. Came back last game and did make an impact, but got on it early with a you know an early goal to really set the tone for the Winnipeg Jets. 
And then, you know, adding not only helping the success of the penalty killing unit in their own end, providing a shorthanded goal. When you think of how problematic special teams have been for the Winnipeg Jets over the last uh, couple of weeks, well, during the streak cream, um, Adam Lowry's resurgence, the goal he scored and his contrib- contribution, especially on the PK with that shorty, absolutely massive and got the Jets off to the good start that they needed last night in a game that, you know, they need to see a result in. Yeah, hometown Adam Lowry uh, thrown down in Calgary. What soft hands us tucking that one in between the legs of uh, Jacob Markstrom on the breakaway? And I think you know having him back, you you know him and him and Ehlers are gone. Ehlers is obviously still out, but you know you you forget how much uh, you miss those guys. And Lowry made an impact in his first game, throwing the body, uh, you know, moving around, and he did it again yesterday. And the two two goals, I thought he was going to get a hat trick. I thought it was coming. I was on hat trick watch. Uh, Would have been. Pretty nice, but hey, two Yeah, goals. you know, Pascucci mentioned, you know, with everything Lowry's done for the team um, and the fact that he's never had a hat trick, um, with that late power play, um, I mean, I guess he's really hoping to get 55 and 81 going and scoring, and maybe that's part of it, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But I thought Scooch made a good point. I mean, would have been nice maybe to give Lowry a chance to get out there on that power play and maybe score his first ever hat trick goal. Anyways, it was about the team last night. They needed the two points. They got it. I'm not sure Lowry cares about that at all. Uh, what they do care about is not having to talk about seven losses in a row anymore. Mm-hmm. What they do care about is officially having that playoff ticket punched. Um, and now what they'll care about, Reem, is coming back for four games at home and get ready for the Edmonton Oilers or the Toronto Maple Leafs. Speaking of that, um, we've got a little poll up on the Twitter account, and it's very simple. Who do you want to play in the first round, Edmonton or Toronto? It seems like early on, Jet fans are going for the Leafs, and I think they're probably still freaked out of what Connor McDavid did to the Winnipeg Jets, and that's very understandable. You can vote right now. We'll um, have the results on tomorrow's show. So Lowry set the tone. Blake Wheeler had a strong game, Reem. Uh, two goals for the captain. Um, although it was interesting, he really didn't have much time for the milestone last night, if you heard him after the game. And I don't know. I think Wheels always wears this, you know, the losses more than, you know, maybe most of the other players. And this was obviously a very difficult time for he is the kind of the, the head of the quote unquote leadership group of the hockey club. It was sort of weird to see just how dismissive he was of the, <laughs> of the milestone afterwards. Of course, Wheeler got his 800th career NHL point with a goal assisted by Mark Scheifele, who had his 500th point in the National Hockey League on the same goal. I have to say, Reem, I thought that was really cool, that those guys that have played so much together, have been so linked for so long here in Winnipeg, have got a chance for a significant milestone goal. He said Scheifele was getting the puck, although the Jets did tweet out a picture of the two of them sharing the puck afterwards, putting it out. Anyways, bottom line, they need Blake Wheeler to be at the top of his game. He showed a nice burst last night on the uh, the goal that he scored on what was kind of a semi-breakaway. Um, and needless to say, just having a few things go right for a player like Leader, Leader that does, uh, Wheeler that does lead the way, uh, very important for the Winnipeg Jets. As far as his line mates, um, still, they still need more from Mark Shifley and still need more from Kyle Connor. And that's something that you, know, you hope you'll see over the course of the next four games. Because as we talked about yesterday, um, you know, it's great to have Adam Lowry back and chipping in. And Blake Uyuda was great. And we'll get to Hellebuck in a minute. Um, but this, this team is going to need significant contributions from Wheeler, 
along with Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor, as well as Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, but listen, a good feeling right now with the hockey team. We heard Connor Hellebuck after the game speak, and I, I don't know about you people, if you haven't heard it already, we've got a couple clips which we'll play a little bit later on. Um, Hellebuck, I listened to Hellebuck's post game, and then I immediately went back and listened to it again, and all it took was a win and 10 minutes of listening to Connor Hellebuck, and I was right back in an all-in mood on we're back and going to the playoffs and thinking positive things and going forward. And uh, Reem, he's such an interesting dude. He is the best interview, certainly, that we've had in the Jets here, maybe ever, and I would say one of the top interviews in the National Hockey League. Um, he is truly himself. He has unwavering confidence and self-belief. And it was really interesting to hear what he had to say about um, just looking forward, putting everything in the rear view. And if there's one guy that I truly, absolutely believe everything that he says he believes, it's Connor Hellebuck. And that's a good thing for the Jets. And if you're a fan, check it out. And I think you'll feel better about where the team's going from here. I have it here if you want to if you want to rock it right now. Oh yeah. Okay, so this is this is the first clip. This is Connor Hellebuck. First question uh was asked um you know we took the the, the last game off, had a few days away. What did he do away from the game to prepare to come back the way he did with a shutout last night when the Jets needed it? Time between starts it was having fun. Um I, I was having a hard time really enjoying myself and um we worked on the basics and uh, day by day, I just had to had to forget what we were doing, and remember this is a game that I love doing, and I finally came to that realization, and you know this is the result. <laughs> there it is. Love it. So matter of fact, I had fun, came to the realization, and uh, this is the result: a shutout, a win, exactly what the team needed. Hockey is fun. I like playing hockey, and uh, let's get some shutouts, right, Huss? It's basically <laughs> what he said. <laughs> What um? Let's play the other uh, Hellebuck clip. We'll have some of the coach a little bit later on. We'll talk about Billy Hainel this game. We're going to get to Andrew Collier in just a second. But uh, here's the uh, the other Hellebuck clip post game talking about moving forward after breaking that losing streak. You know, it's weird because I'm not over here thinking, oh, we just we just broke our streak. I'm over here thinking we played a heck of a game, and I'm looking forward here. Um, you know, I have no weight at all about what just happened. And, it's almost like uh, I cut the cord and it's a whole new season now. So, um, like I said, I'm really excited to go forward here, and I think we're playing some good hockey. All right, so there's Connor Hellebuck um, feeling good about the win last night, feeling good about the team going forward, and I don't know. Fans need to hear that. I mean, you know, it was such a stark contrast to Wheeler after the game, who, um, you know, as I said, I think has really been wearing this the last little while, and it was a little bit of relief, but didn't seem like a lot. Didn't want to talk about the milestones or anything. Just probably glad to get that win and move on to the next game. Um, but Hellebuck's pretty outspoken. He tells you the way he's feeling, and uh, tell you what, we all know this guy is the most important player on the Winnipeg Jets, and if he's in a great headspace and he's feeling good and he's playing like the way he did last night, the Jets will have a chance to win games, and uh, they're going to need four of them in the first round in a best of seven against a pretty good, good uh, team either way. Um, Remo, before we get to Andrew Collier, uh, we talked about Lowry, Wheeler, Connor Hellebuck. The other guy everyone was paying attention to was Vili Hainala last night. Back in the lineup, back another win, results-based business. We'll see whether the coach decides to keep the winning lineup going into the next game. But I don't think there's any doubt that that was a great performance by Vili Hainala. And we heard from the coach afterwards. We'll play that clip a little bit later on. But uh, what would you think of number 14? 
Yeah, he says he's coach says he's gonna get another look. I think that he look he's been in the lineup last two games, two wins. The seven other games that he wasn't in, well, they didn't win. So I'm not a you know I'm not a cause and effect kind of guy, Hus, but uh, it does. <laughs> I don't know is this a coincidence or not? But in all seriousness, I mean, you knew what he, what he brings. He's a very solid puck mover. You saw that on the breakout passes a couple of times, paired with Dylan DeMello. I like I like it if you do Morrissey Pionk, and then you know I think on the Jets lines they tweeted out Hainala DeMello was the second pair, but you look at the ice time. Uh, his Hainala had uh, he had the least ice time of any defenseman, but you have to wonder with more time mm-hmm. if that changes and maybe he is a guy who can make an impact. Um, you know they needed a guy like that who has those type of puck moving skills, and um, you know I think he came as advertised. Yesterday, a lot to be excited about. You don't want to get you know over the moon, but they needed a guy like that, and he's in. They won. You know? They do need a guy like yeah. that in the lineup. And and here's here's the thing on Philly, and we'll have more time to talk about this a little later on. But Hanela did so many of the little things that you know if you're not really paying close attention, you might miss because the next thing you know, the puck's out of the, the zone and it's got the forwards or you or have the puck and it's going the other way. Um, I was really impressed with his body positioning in the defensive zone. Now, listen, I do understand that Maurice has some concerns about his ability to hang in the playoffs. And we got rocked by Buddy Robinson at one point last night. And coach said, you know, he was expecting more from the Calgary Flames when it came to the physicality. And maybe that is something that's, you know, that could be a concern come for the playoffs. But I don't know how you watch that game and don't think that what he brought to the Jet Blue Line was exactly what the doctor ordered. I thought he and Dylan DeMello had a really strong game. Um, I don't think that there were many times where you were, you know, thinking, man, it sure would be good to have one of those other guys on the ice instead of Ili Hanela. And I think we're going to see him in the, in, in the, and as crazy as this sounds, and I know two months ago, I said on this program, hey, you know what? Just wait to see what happens at the end of the year because a lot of things can change. I know it doesn't look like he's in the mix on the depth chart right now, but, you know, things can change. And I think they are changing, to be honest. And it would not, this might sound insane right now. It wouldn't even surprise me. It, once we get to the playoffs, we're seeing Hanela not only playing with Dylan DeMello, uh, but playing some pretty significant minutes, maybe even more than the Forbert <clears throat> Pullman pairing. Up for discussion. You can let us know your thoughts on that. Is that insane or could that be maybe what's coming down the road? Hit us up in the chat. Hit the like button while you're there. All right. Noodles will join us. Jamie McLennan, great NHL analyst. He's going to come up in about 15 minutes or so. But I've been waiting to have our next guest on. And we got to find out what's going on with Gold Eye season. This segment and the show is always brought to you by Not Auto Corp. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Visit them in person at Waverly and McGilvery or check them out online at not.ca. An incredible selection of vehicles giving you the best price and will help you consign your current vehicle if you need to get out of a lease or looking to make a move. So pop down and see them. And of course, it's Mother's Day coming up on Sunday. You still have time to take care of mom. You might not have the big gatherings, but fire up, maybe hit up Nick and Nikki DQs, Niverville, Northgate, Polo Park, St. Anne's. Um, maybe get a cake for mom. 
for Mother's Day. Step it up without the big party this year. You can even hit them up on Instagram, at DQ Manitoba. Give them a follow. Get going on that order. Pop by and pick it up. And don't forget those two-for-five treat deals at all four Nick and Nicky DQs after 8 o'clock every night. All right, let's bring in the cash man himself, our good friend, Andrew Collier, general manager of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. Looking good in my favorite version of your third jersey, the bacon jersey. Cash, it's great to see you, and it's great to finally know what's happening with the Gold Eyes, albeit not quite what we'd like to hear with a home opener happening in Winnipeg. First up, how are you, and welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Hey, thanks for having me, Huss. Can you hear me okay? Can hear you very well. It's all awesome. good. You set it up properly. Um, big news today. Uh, there will be a season. The Gold Eyes will be back on the field. Unfortunately, right now, it won't be in Winnipeg, but sounds like you guys have been working quite hard behind the scenes to get a legitimate home, a temporary home for the fish. Yeah, Sam's been working day and night for the last couple months to try and figure things out. Once we realized that the border isn't opening anytime soon. Um, we hope it will be by the end of the summer, but we needed a plan that, that wasn't being a road team. We needed a plan that wasn't sharing a ballpark. So this is uh, a very good opportunity for us and uh, a, a fantastic way to spend our summer um, until we can return home. So um, let's check out the plan. You're going down to Jackson, Tennessee, home of the Jackson Generals Professional Baseball Club. And, you know, maybe just backtrack a little bit. There's been some real significant changes to minor league baseball, and there were some some cities and towns in the United States that essentially were orphaned with ballparks, and it sounds like that's sort of been a perfect fix for the Gold Eyes in the short term. Yeah, there was 40 teams that uh, lost their affiliation uh, last year, and, a bunch of them joined other leagues, the Prospect League, uh, things like that. But Jackson was left without a team. They had been in the Southern League for years, affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks most recently. They got a fantastic ballpark there, 6,000 seats. And it was just sitting there. They didn't have a team, so it was the perfect opportunity for us to, to go down there. They're excited about having us. They've got a ton of work ahead of them. They basically have two weeks to get ready for a home opener that we spend eight months getting ready for. So uh, Marcus, the the GM down there, he's he's got his work cut out for him. But we're gonna we're gonna provide all the support we can from here in Winnipeg. Um, and baseball operations will operate just normally as the Gold Eyes were. Rick running the show, you guys signing the players, and just this is going to be their home. How does the uh, how does the the arrangement work with the with the hosts? Yeah, I, I, basically, I'll I'll still be doing my GM duties from here, but but there is a GM there, and and Marcus will will be running the show down there. Um, Rick is there. We've got our our clubhouse staff down there, which is great. We didn't have them down in Fargo last year, so that having Jamie and Evan, our clubhouse manager and our athletic therapist, with us all summer is going to be huge to help take a little bit of load off Rick. I know Rick was stressed to the max last year and and he'll have some help. And just to have a home, we're not not having to share with Fargo and play all our games on the road. We're actually going to have a home. Our players are going to be set up in Jackson just like they would be set up here in Winnipeg. It's, uh, it, it's the best opportunity for us to stay viable through all of this and, and hopefully return 
possibly by the end of the summer, but for sure in 2022. And, and kudos to Sam and the owner and Jackson for putting this all together. Andrew Collier, GM of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, is with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Gold Eyes today announced a temporary move down to Jackson, Tennessee to begin the upcoming season. What's the message to fans right now, Andrew? I mean, should people be holding out hope that they might be able to get down to the ballpark this summer? I'll be honest, that was kind of keeping me going throughout the entire winter, thinking when this is over, we're going to get down there, we're going to have a little brown jug at Craft Beer Corner, we're going to watch the game, we're going to eat food. For, I mean, that is what it's all about. I, I, I am somewhat optimistic with the direction we're going with just how many vaccines we're getting out and how many more many people are opened. And I guess that, at the end of the day, um, is really, in addition to our numbers, is going to be what determines your guys' ability to host us at the ballpark. Yeah, I would say to all of our fans and, and people that just love the ballpark, if you want to get back here, do all the right things, social distance, get get a vaccine when you can, because once we hit that 70 or 75% threshold, we're going to get back to normal. So it, if you want to get out and do things like gold eyes, baseball, go to bomber games, go to jets games, then, then do all the right things. So we can get back here because I'm here every day and I go out and I look at the field and I look at craft beer corner and, and uh, it's, it's kind of sad seeing an empty ballpark. I want to see it full again and uh, can't wait. No doubt about it. Now, um, how will Fish fans be able to follow the team? I imagine Steve will be there with the club, running, broadcasting all the games. Will we be able to uh, hear them, watch them, and uh, follow the Gold Eyes from afar while we wait for the team to come back to downtown Winnipeg? Yeah, for sure. You can go to – well, everything's on our website, goldeyes.com. You can find uh, the radio broadcast streaming there. Uh, AABaseball.tv is where you can watch – every Gold Eyes game, home and away. Um, so, yeah, Gold Eyes fans can follow the team all summer and and keep up to date and, and cheer us on from afar. Um, Andrew, tell us about the team. Uh, you know, it's been a while since we've seen the team in person. We know they had a great season, a real tough end to last season. Um, how different is this squad going to look, and how challenging has it been to put a team together in the midst of everything else going on? Yeah, I can't say enough about what Rick has done recruiting players because I'm sure when he's been calling them and talking to them, they 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 know what's going on. They know the border's closed. They've been asking where are we going to play, and he's had to do a real good sell job to uh, to get these guys to sign on with the Gold Eyes. Basically, tell them you know what we're going to start on the road. Hopefully, uh, we'll find a home because up until late last night we. We didn't have a home away from home. Um, so, yeah, he's done a great job. But it's basically a whole new team because half the team we had last year was guys from the six teams that didn't play last year. So at the end of the year, all those guys went back to their back to their team. So Rick basically had to sign a, a whole new roster. But guys like Kyle Martin and uh, uh, I'm just trying to think of our roster, but Max Murphy, who played for the Saints a couple of years ago, great numbers. We got a, a lot of new faces, and uh, yeah, the, we'll make sure that the the fans learn all about them as we as we go along. Follow uh, follow Gold Eyes on Twitter and Facebook and our website, and you'll 
learn all about this year's version of the gold eyes. Yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll be uh, separated by a distance, but we'll certainly be uh, be cheering the team on, and following them, and you know, and still maintain you know a sense of hope and optimism that at one point we'll be able to see these gold eyes actually set foot in Winnipeg, playing at Shaw Park in front of fans here in the city. Um, what's the league looking like? Because you did mention last year, only about half the year was able to go through with the season. It was very different. Um, are the other teams back? How's the how's the league overall looking with the Gold Eyes now playing out of Tennessee? The league is good. We have 12 teams uh, with the Saints leaving uh, for AAA and Texas not operating their team. We're down to down to 10 teams. So we added Kane County. That was another one of the teams that lost their affiliation. So we added Kane County to make 11. Can't operate a baseball league with uh, uneven number of teams. So we've added a road team out of Houston. Uh, they will be a true road team playing all their games on the road. Um, but yeah, the league league's in great shape and uh, yeah, they're able to operate at their ballparks. It's, it's a wide range of how many people they can have in, in their facilities, anywhere from 25% to a hundred percent. I think probably half of them can operate at a hundred percent now, but some are still less than that, but yeah, they're full speed ahead and, and fired up about it. Well, listen, this is great news that things are going to be going ahead, albeit not here in Winnipeg for the time being. Uh, just on the way out, Cash, where can Gold Eyes fans make sure that they are getting the latest information on the club and uh, any news on a return? And uh, obviously make sure that um, they've, they're have they in for a ticket to the ballpark when they actually get back. Yeah, for sure. GoldEyes.com. Or uh, Gold Eyes on Twitter, WPG underscore Gold Eyes. Um, give us a follow there and you'll get up to the minute uh, updates. Cash, great stuff. All the best to the fish going down to Tennessee for the time being. We hope we'll see you back soon. Um, thanks so much for doing this. And uh, we will definitely, uh, I've, got a, uh, I've got a little brown jug for you the next time we, uh, next time we hook up. Try the Hefeweizen. I know you'll love it. I'm sure I will. I'm a big fan of uh, their products. I've had a few. <laughs> yes, you certainly have. Hey, thanks a lot, pal. Great stuff. Thanks, Hess. Ari is the uh, general manager of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. Great to have cash on. We've been waiting to do that for a little while, waiting for some clarity as to where and when they would be able to be playing this season. And uh, there you have it. Jackson, Tennessee, for the time being. Now, we're going to get to noodles in just a second. Um, I do want to mention it is, of course, pizza week right now. And our friends at Boston Pizza have three incredible offerings for you. There's the Walking in Memphis Pizza. We talked about that a little earlier. Uh, and Taylor won that. Then we had Tracy who won the California Shrimp Pizza. And we got to give a shout-out to Jet Oil Tom, who was the winner of the Playoff Pizza Flight. That is my choice for Pizza Week from Boston Pizza. Uh, it's the three top-of-the-line signature six-inch pizzas with three dips from the 1849, the Spicy Pierogi, the Meteor, the Bourbon Barbecue Chicken, Pick them up, and you'll also get that entry to call your shot with Molson and BP for a chance to win a custom-built ODR for your backyard next season or even a VIP NHL experience. And, of course, Assiniboia Downs is back on board with Winnipeg Sports Talk, and live racing returns to Assiniboia Downs spectator-free 
on Monday, May 17th, with the first parade to post at 7.20 p.m. This season will again feature large wagering pools, setting up the chance for a big score. You can watch and wager on Canada's largest legal horse race wagering site, hpibet.com. It only takes a few minutes to open an account, and you're off to the races. And Remus and I will be making some, uh, we'll be going head-to-head, making some bets on the ponies when live racing begins on the 17th of May. All right, let's get to it. Great to have Andrew in the program with a little gold eyes update, but the big story around here is the end of the Jets losing streak, a clinched playoff spot, and it's an absolute pleasure to welcome our good friend, uh, NHL analyst for TSN, and one of the guys that makes everybody laugh on Overdrive every afternoon. It is Jamie Noodles McClendon. Noodles, great to see you, and thanks so much for joining us here on our new home at Winnipeg Sports Talk. How are you? I'm great, doing great. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, thanks for having me. This uh, is amazing. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. Well, things are going great for us. And I tell you what, the mood around Winnipeg a little bit better today, certainly in our live chat with Jets fans after <laughs> a big win last night. You know, we kind of started off the show talking about what Adam Lowry was able to do right out of the gate. Blake Wheeler getting a couple big goals. The performance of Vili Hainala back in the lineup, but let's start off with Connor Hellebuck. I, I we played some of the clips from his post game interview earlier, and I know you probably see a lot of the. I, for my money, I think he might be the best interview in the league. Maybe we just <laughs> see him more than others, but it's all like there is not an ounce of BS from Connor Hellebuck at any point, and it's so refreshing in a world where you know you don't see. And you know he said Jamie that the last couple days he didn't start the last game. They asked what did he do when he got away from you know to get ready for this start he said you know what I just went out and had fun I remembered that I love to watch the game I mean these are things you don't normally hear from players especially in you know the situation that this team is in but um thoughts on Hellebuck's play last night and his importance to the Winnipeg Jets as they look to to right the ship before things get real in a couple weeks in the Stanley Cup playoffs well I thought he was brilliant and you know that's what you expect out of Connor um, he set the bar so high. So anytime he doesn't play that level of goaltending, you are a little bit concerned. And I don't know how many times we were like, ah, what's wrong with Hellebuck or, you know, geez, he looked a little bit off. I, I agree with you. I think he's a guy that, that brings a refreshing level of honesty. Uh, I've ne- I, even as a former athlete, like there's times where I listen to him talk and I'm like, God, I wish I could have that confidence to just, <laughs> you know, shoot from the hip. You give up five goals. You're like, yeah, I felt great out there. I'm like, you know what? When I gave up five, I would shrivel. But the, the difference is, is I believe Connor Hellebuck because he knew that his next game, he'll be fine. When you're that good of an athlete, when you're that good of a goaltender, there, there's no doubt in your mind. So um, I thought he was great last night. Did he get a couple bounces? Absolutely. But, you you know, he was getting bounces that went the other way during this losing streak. And I, I, I'm i not sure where you stand on this, but I've, se- I've watched Winnipeg play every game this season. I've actually made a point to watch every Canadian team play every game. So it's kind of been a, a pretty unique venture. But um, when I look at it, I could see that the Jets were coming out of it. I did the game in Ottawa the other night. They did everything but win that game. And I know you, you give up a goal in the last, what, a buck 20, um, you know, to Zaitsev from the point of seeing eye shot. But I had charted uh, through Sport Logic the slot shots that game were 18 to 3. I mean, at, at one point, Gustafson was facing the wrong way in the net and it was hitting him and going out. And, you know, he just, he just had a night. So 
I wasn't as concerned about Winnipeg as other people, but they did need some them bounces. They did need some positive things. And you got your goaltender feeling great. He gets a shutout. You got your captain gets two goals where, you know, previous games he's in alone. He shoots it over the net. He hits the post. He, you could tell that the body language is a little bit off. So Adam Lowry, a guy who was missing because of the concussion, you know, he's a guy that adds balance to your group. So it was almost like, when they were losing in that streak, it was a perfect storm of negative things that were happening. Last night was the perfect storm of really good things that happened, and they were able to break the streak. Jamie, Paul Maurice, a couple games ago, after a disappointing loss, said that, you know, obviously we're not in a good spot right now. We need to do some things to turn it around and get back to where we are. But he said, I really believe that if we do that, this can be an incredible benefit to us moving down the road. Um, they had really, before this streak, had never lost three in a row in regulation right. at all season. So it was sort of the first time they've gone through it. I mean, you've been in the ups and downs as a player. What does a single win like that do for a club that, you know, was maybe due for one, but it had some really uncharacteristically ugly performances over the course of that couple of weeks going into a period where they know they're in the playoffs, but you know, come two weeks when they drop the puck on it are going to need to really ramp it up. Uh, I think, you know, as a fan and even analysts sitting back, uh, there are times where you see a goal scorer go through a dry patch where they're getting chances and it hits the post. Uh, you know, a goaltender makes a great save. And the coaches will come out and say, I'm not worried about them. Eventually they'll go in. The players, that particular player will come out and say, I'm not worried about it. I feel good. You know, I... I'm going to stick with the process until you actually score that goal or win that game. You're still everything, the anxiety, everything that comes with a losing streak or a dry patch, it builds and you can feel it building. These guys aren't, aren't stupid. They're on social media. They hear us talking. They hear everyone saying what, what's going on with Winnipeg. You know, they're dropping in the standings. Montreal is chasing them. You could feel the snowball of negativity chasing them. And, all of a sudden you win or you score and these goal scorers all of a sudden go on a, a tear and they score everything they shoot finds the back of the net. It's mm -hmm. almost like that collective. And, and we've seen it um, where a guy scores and he reaches behind him and throws that monkey off his back. Well, last night was their monkey off their back. You're right. Their consistency this season was amazing to the point where they hadn't lost two or three in a row back to back. All of a sudden it's seven and you're going, what the hell's going on here? So until they got that monkey off their back and actually had the result, not just the process saying, you know, I just mentioned it in my last answer. I thought they played really well in Ottawa and did everything they could, but they didn't win. And this is, uh, this is a process. This isn't a process oriented league. This is a results based league. So it doesn't matter. You were 0 and 7 in your last seven, even though that you were nine, three and one in your previous 13 heading into that losing streak. That was all erased. So I think what happens is there's that collective like, oh, yeah, we know how to win. We know how to play. So you might see them go on a streak here, and it might be the right time to feel good about your game, get it back in order two weeks before the playoffs. Jamie Noodles McLennan with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Uh, you know, well, speaking of offensive players that have been in a bit of a rut, um, it was great to see Wheeler score last night, and Lowry had, you know, a huge game. We talked about Hellebuck. 
I mean, when you're talking about the most important players on the Winnipeg Jets, you'll probably start yeah. with Hellebuck. Ehlers is certainly in that conversation. He's out right now. He'll be a big addition. But really, up front, it starts with Mark Shifley. And yeah. Shifley's had a weird two, three weeks, Jamie. I mean, we saw him get benched for 17 minutes in that game a couple Saturdays ago against the Leafs. And, you know, maybe the most concerning part of the entire losing streak was the was the the response from Shifley and the team in the game against Edmonton the following Monday. Where I think everyone thought, well, listen, after something, the coach plays a card like that, you really are expecting a different team to come out. And to be honest, it was the worst game of the entire season. Um, even last night, it doesn't seem like particularly Shifley and Kyle Connor, two players that are so important to the Winnipeg Jets, are still not at that level that, frankly, they're going to need to be. What have you seen from Shifley in particular? Um, have you seen some good signs in the last couple games? And what does he in particular need to do to get back to the player that you know really was the biggest reason why the Jets were able to beat Nashville in the playoffs two years ago? The What I see from Shifley when he's at the the top of his game is that strength on the puck. So where, you know, he's got that upright skating style, a lot like Jack Eichel and he's surveying the situation. He still has speed to his game, but he's slow. He's able to slow it down to the pace that he wants. So sometimes it's, Hey, I'm going to work to get the puck. I'm going to control it. And I'm strong enough to evade a defender and distribute the puck or, or make a play. Uh, to me, there was a slight hesitation in his game. Where it's it, and and this is the worst thing as a player, and I don't know if this is what he was going through, but you could tell there were times where I thought he was thinking out there, where you're thinking like, oh, I need to do this or I want to do this, and and the game is too fast to think. You have to react. You have to use the instinct. And Mark Shifley is a top tier superstar in my opinion. I I also believe that Cal Connor is the is the most underrated player in the National Hockey League because I think he's a star as well. And people in Winnipeg wouldn't be a stranger to him. But, you know, if you're in Colorado or if you're in Cologne or not Cologne, Carolina, you, you would be focusing on your players, not looking and saying in Winnipeg, they've got star power there and depth. And, you know, so when I look at it, Mark Shifley needs to continue what he's doing as far as controlling the puck. I'd like to see his pace in certain situations just up a little bit. And I think that's what's urgency. That's with emotion. Because he is a guy that looks very casual out there. And sometimes that works to your benefit. But when you're not scoring, when you're not producing, it, it, it is counterproductive because people are like, that guy's lazy. You know, he's not working hard enough to get to. So it, it's, I've played with guys that are working, but they're working smart. So they're like, I got to slow my, my pace up here because I want to be in the right position in case of a turnover. Whereas us, we're sitting there watching TV going, this guy's lazy. He's not moving his feet. So there's a, it's a fine line in between the two. And I'm not worried about Mark Scheifele. He's got a big shot. He's strong on the puck. He knows where to go. And I, as we see the intensity level ramp up, I think he'll be able to uh, handle that. And I think he'll be a dominant force. The other thing I'll add on Mark Scheifele is, you know, whether you believe it or not, he was robbed of the playoffs last year because of the injury. So you, you have to think that this guy is chomping at the bit to be a difference maker when, when it matters. So I, I, I mean, I'll be tuning in, but I, I, all eyes will be on Shifley because I'm expecting a monster playoff from, from a guy like that because he didn't get an opportunity to go through the whole process last year with everyone just based on his own personal injuries. So I, I look at big things from Shifley with Connor. I'm not worried about him. I, I, I think he just, uh, it's almost like an adjustment with sights. 
Like his, his shots, like a little off. He misses the post. He misses the inside of the post here or there. He's still getting looks. And when guys are still getting looks, it's just like I talked about. Uh, you know, sometimes they go in, sometimes they go on a dry patch. But the minute that he comes off that dry patch, it's going to come in, in bunches for him. Noodles, let me ask you a Pierre-Luc Dubois because he's the other guy that, you know, could really – I mean, yeah. he's had some strong games. And we think back to those two games against the Leafs. Paul Maurice said that those were maybe his two best games of the entire season. Um, Ehlers is out right now. He's had a, a rotating cast of different wingers. Um, right. What's, what's it going to take for Dubois to settle down, be comfortable, and be the player that the Leafs saw with Columbus in the playoffs the last time they met? I would say a little bit of puck luck. He's been around it, but, you know, times where I felt he could shoot, all of a sudden he's trying to pass and force feed the puck into the back of the net instead of just, hey, we're going to make this happen. And, you know, with him, I think he's a commanding physical force that has to use that. Mark Shifley might be bigger than him as far as just stature, but he doesn't play the way that Dubois can. And you're right. Everyone's pointing to Toronto and he got the hat trick and he was he was underneath the skin and he was hard to play against. That has to happen on a consistent basis. You know, you're right. Do you need um, a high scoring winger like a guy like Ehlers to, to go in there? Well, sometimes I just expect the centerman or that type of player, Dubois, to take things into his own hands. I'll be honest, I, I still expect more from him. I really do. And it's not, I know Paul's saying the right thing, saying, you know, he's doing the little things and stuff, but production, it's almost like, hey, we've had great games, but we just can't win. Well, eventually you have to score. Eventually you have to be a difference maker on the score sheet, you know, to win a game, to help save a game at the end. And, and Dubois still has more to give. And I, I think the runway's been there long enough that he's settled into a new system, a new city. I'm sure he knows the guys in the dressing room really well. Now, I don't want to. That's why I don't want to make excuses for him. I think there's more there. He still has to prove it, but I expect it because I think he's that good of a player. And Noodles, it's always a fun conversation to have. Not that any of us have any control over it, but now that the Jets have officially clinched their playoff spot, the recent play has pretty much taken out any hope of you know, being first or second, which means they're going to play either the Edmonton Oilers or the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round. We threw a poll up on our Winnipeg Sports Talk um, Twitter page for people to vote, which we're doing right now. But throw your Jet fan hat or Jet analyst hat on. What's a better matchup for Winnipeg in round one, or is there? Uh, I mean, I, I I think, like, it's, I don't think they've had particularly great success against Edmonton. Um Oh, they haven't. Where, I think they've lost six in a row and they were two and seven on the year. <laughs> right. So you're two and seven. And I believe I'm trying to do the math. I think you're three, five and one so far against the Leafs, something like that. Um, but I've said this all along and I have to be consistent with my narrative. Now, I could potentially be wrong. At the start of the season, I thought Winnipeg was the best team on paper. I liked their top nine. I liked their goaltender, and I thought that their D were adequate. Now, a different conversation. I'm sure you've gone through that process where, you know, Chevy goes and gets Jordy Ben at the deadline instead of, you know, Ekholm or whoever else. Their D, if, they, if their D holds up, their top nine is as good as anybody's in this Northern Division. So I almost think they are close to a carbon copy of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Depth up front, adequate D, 
and their goaltending. Well, I flip a coin. I mean, it's Connor Hellbuck for me all day long. When he's at the top of his game, he, he's the best goalie available. Now, um, I just don't know. Sometimes those individual matchups, like McDavid and Drysaddle, might just say, we're, we're doing this and there's nobody on the planet that's going to touch us. That being said, Matthews and Marner might go, hmm. we're going to do the same thing. If I look at the two teams side by side, I think Winnipeg and I don't think Toronto wants to play Winnipeg in the first round. That's what I would say. You know, I, 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 I think that they are very evenly matched, even though Matthews has had a better year than the stars on, on Winnipeg and all of that Marner. But when I look at depth, they're very, very close in the top nine scenarios. So I, I, I would argue that Winnipeg probably wants to play Toronto because that's more their style than to chase McDavid around, which is, you know, a, a different animal. I, I don't know how you feel, but I would I would lean a little bit more to Toronto than I would Edmonton um, just based on the season series and how those teams are built. Yeah, I, listen, I, I'm right there with you, uh, although it's – I mean, it is in a lot of ways, six of one, half a dozen of the others. They're two very good hockey teams. The Jets are going to yes. need to be very good to beat either of them. Uh, but I can't wait. Now, when you and the boys get on overdrive this afternoon, I have a feeling you're probably not going to be spending the first half hour talking about the Jets thrilling 4 nothing shutout over Calgary last <laughs> night. Probably right. another game. Um, what, what did you make of what we saw at MSG last night between the Rangers and the Caps, Noodles? I, You know what? I... I've always been on the side of like, and, and, and I always try and preface my comments. I played, now it's been 13 years that I've been out of the game. So I can't go, you know, I don't want to be one of these old dinosaurs that go, when I played, this is what, hap- what happened. Um, because the game has changed. The times of the world have changed. The, 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 the way people look at things. I understand that. I could, I believe, this is my own personal belief. Even if Tom Wilson was suspended for one game, which I think he should have been uh, in hindsight, just so that we didn't have the potential of something really going south last night, I still think there would have been fights. I, I look back, the Rangers had a Donnybrook. I want to say, was it in the last five years where they fought New Jersey? It was Prust and Rupp, and there was, it was a line brawl right off the opening draw. I would argue, and I, I actually may want your opinion on this too, because I'm, I'm going to make a case for this. I would argue that Mark Messier put some gasoline on the fire with his comments. I don't know if you saw his comments. He absolutely but, did, Noodles. He absolutely did. So, so for two days, that team, the New York Rangers, have been called soft. Every guy in that room, there's nobody. Uh, every analyst across Canada that we were talking to was like, there's no response in that room. That team is soft. Um, you know, Messier comes out and says, I want a team for the street and the alley. Um, you know, there's a difference in philosophy. It sounds like Dolan fires, you know, Gordon and John Davidson because the, the, the roster construction. So you're, you're like these guys in the room are going, OK, Tom Wilson's situation, 100 percent understand that. You know, we thought that was a bad play. You know, there will be retribution for that. He's playing. But I also thought in my mind, I got a new GM on 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 watch now in Chris Drury. Where does he stand on the team toughness? Every guy in that dressing room going, I'm I'm on I'm on audition for the new guy now. I'm gonna show him that I care and I care about my teammates. So I 
I would argue maybe not seven fights. I think we had six or seven fights last night. I counted six and there may have been one later at the Bushnevich cross check. Um, I would have, I think there would have been three or four anyways, but whether Wilson was playing or not, but I would argue, and I, I think Mark Messier and some of the pundits out there that were saying this team was too soft to allow Tom Wilson to skate around and do whatever he wants. There was no response in that game and there was no response. They wanted to show the response last night, whether he was in the lineup or not. No, I, I agree with you on that. It has been such a bizarre 48 hours for the Rangers Crazy. and the entire franchise. And, like, I don't know where you're at on this, but I listen, I know that, you know, they have made a point of putting the word out that, oh, this is nothing to do with the statement that the team put out the day before the president and the general manager got fired. But I'm sorry, I have a hard time believing that it was just performance based with like four games left in the regular season. Um, this is uh, this story, really, Jamie, is unlike anything we've seen maybe ever in that. You know, it's a huge story on the ice, but it has trickled over off the ice all the way up to the top levels of the National Hockey League and the biggest offices of one of the most valuable original six teams in the league. It, the the weird part is I don't I don't disagree with you. If you wanted a change of leadership, do it this Saturday afternoon. They they, they have three games left. They have three games left after so two after last night. You can't fire the GM and the president on Sunday morning after the last game is Saturday. You got to do it on you know, the next day after your team makes a, a ridiculous statement. I, th- I thought it was ridiculous personally because, you know, what you did was put your organization on notice that we're not violent. We're not dirty. We don't employ people that do that. And then that night, Bushnevich goes out and cross checks a guy in the face. So the victim turns into the aggressor a night later. And, you know, to me, there was just so many layers to this. There's stories about, I don't know if they're verified or not, but like Dolan wanted a tougher team. JD and Gordon didn't. They didn't know about the statement. That was Dolan. Like, I would love, this is a 30 for 30 on ESPN, eventually when the dust settles of like, what the hell went on behind the scenes? Who made that statement? The PR guy, who I know very well, like there, he must have had to fist fight somebody to try and not make that statement, and they still really release it. Like the, the 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 wake of this, and the funny part is, I don't know if you saw our host Brian Hayes tweeted out this picture of like the Joker, uh, Heath Ledger walking away, and there was like a, you know, a hospital had been blown up behind him, and he was like, "That's Tom Wilson walking away from MSG." <laughs> Like that, that organization, like he basically comes in, roughs up your team. He scores a goal that night, gets a $5,000 fine. They fire the president and the GM. And then the next night he's playing and yeah, there's fights and all hell's breaking loose. And Bushnevich, the guy that he punched and got the $5,000 fine on, he's going to get a suspension now for cross-checking. Like it, this storyline, it, it just keeps giving and giving. And you know what? I just, I, I, I think it starts at the top. Jim Dolan made a decision, but I still question 
why didn't he make it on Sunday if it was just performance driven? Oh. You do a for- forensic audit at the end of the yeah. season, not with three games left. Uh, listen, the minute I heard Dregs and a couple of the insiders say that when that statement went out, that both JD and Gorton backed off of the statement and said they didn't really have much to do with that, that was all I needed to know. This is crazy Jim Dolan running the Rangers like he's run the Knicks into the ground for the last 25 years. And, uh, I mean, listen, if there's one thing about pro sports, the owners, especially the ones that sometimes have short fuses, they have all the decision-making powers, and um, it doesn't take much for them to make it when you've got unlimited cash and they don't care about paying a couple extra salaries. And, you know, the aftermath of Tom Wilson's week with the New York Rangers was something else. And But but just quickly on Buchnevich, um I mean, I know he's got the hearing. What do we get? 5K? Suspend, uh, 5K fine? Maybe 2.5 because he's a first-time offender? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think he gets a game. Like, the difference is... is like, again, this may come off the wrong way. Like Tom Wilson, the league at least stood by their decision that they gave him the $5,000 fine for punching Bushnevich. There was nothing for the wrestling match with Panarin. Panarin jumped on his back. He was overpowered by a bigger person. We see wrestling matches. Coincidentally, the next night, it was Konechny and Sidney Crosby, a star player and an up-and-coming star going at it. Same type of thing. It's I'm not laying the blame at Panarin, but Panarin jumped on a bear and he lost a wrestling match. And do you need to throw him down? Do you need to do all those things? That's that's a different argument. But my point is, is Buchnevich could have easily. I don't know if you saw. I thought Keith Jones did an unbelievable job in between periods pointing out like basically Buchnevich didn't want anything to do. He he skates by and slashes Tom Wilson. You you got a problem with Tom Wilson? You, You know, it's a, he gives him a slash. Not, then he gets he's slashing TJ Oshie. Like there's no fighting for Bushnevich. Five six other teammates found a way to f- drop their gloves and stand up for themselves, whether they won or lost. Ryan Strom's not a fighter. He took on Lars El- Eller. Like to me, Bushnevich, that was the most disappointing part out of all of this because I don't think he's a fighter. I don't, I don't remember Anthony Mantha being an absolute killer myself, but Mantha was going after him because they were going after Oshi. There was, it seemed to me like it was both sides. And I was disappointed that Bushnevich, instead of just dropping the gloves and squaring off, you know, he cross-checks Mantha in the face. Now, Mantha was giving them little wax and, and trying to egg him on. And, and people are saying, well, you egg somebody on, and, you know, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Okay, you want to apply that logic? Panarin messed with the bull and got the horns the night before, two nights before. So it's it's not tit for tat. That's the I know I'm getting long-winded, but I'm just saying, like, every individual situation is different. If you if people are going to go, like, Gossip Fair got two games for, you know, pushing Friedman into the boards. Yeah, Friedman could have broke his neck if he got if – he, if he fell into the boards. You know, I know Panarin could have broke his neck being thrown down, but ultimately every situation is different. I was disappointed that Buchnevich, he, 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 instead of fighting like everyone else, he used his stick and now he's going to get suspended for it. I think it's a suspension. I really, I do a cross check to the face. I know people are going to argue about Wilson. That's a, a different scenario that isolated cross check to the face 
is a is a suspension for me. Uh, the funniest thing about it was Mantha was going at him with a cross check as well. And I think right. the lesson to yeah. be learned through all this, if if it's a battle of cross checks, get on the high side because uh, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. You know what? Gets Bush, on the wrong way. Bush Nevers may say, you know what? I'll take my game. You ate you ate my my stick. Like you know, I. I, I can tell funny stories of 15 years ago. You know, I played with Chris Pronger and he said, you know what? I used to establish early on. Somebody came near me. They'd eat my stick for two. I'd get a two minute penalty and they never came back. You know, I, I the game has changed and that's why I don't look back. I try and look forward. I just I don't defend these scenarios. I just feel like everyone has their own story. So you can't draw the parallel. Well, this guy got this. So he's got to get that. And like. That story is, if you look at it in an isolated situation, Buchnevich will get suspended. Should Tom Wilson gotten suspended for one game minimum? Absolutely, because we. I was more worried about if something awful happened last night. If there was retribution, the league could have lawsuits on their hands, stuff like that. That was what scared me going into last night's game. Not guys dropping the gloves. I think for the most part, guys can handle themselves. But if somebody did something crazy and somebody was injured. That's the storyline today. And that's what I was worried about. No doubt about it. Noodles. This has been so much fun. I know you got to get to the show and get ready to go on just on the way out. I have to ask you and folks, if you're not regularly checking out the guys on overdrive, you need to, it is must view, watch, listen, um, maybe the funniest pizza content I've seen in years was the 40 between O-Dog and Al's brother. Are, are they seriously going to attempt pole vaulting? Where, where, where are these challenges going forward? I don't know. We, we did have an internal text. I think it was yesterday saying, you know, we got to circle back on the overdrive Olympics. So, um, you know, I would like to see it. I just like, they're talking about doing the, 200 yard dash and stuff I'm like that. Let's not, we're going to have to have an ambulance ambulance waiting for them at the end. But I just think it's, it's such great theater. We have so much fun. Um, the best part about those guys, even all of us on the show is that we don't take ourselves too seriously. It's self-deprecating you myself. Don't say. I, I, you know, I knew what I was as a player. I don't try and pretend or step out of my comfort zone. Oh, the same thing. Like that's why I haven't, I'll be honest. There's times where I struggle with it, like in, in scenarios like this, like the Tom Wilson thing, the Bushnevich thing. Like, I understand the emotion. I understand what I think uh, is going through guys' minds, but I can't speak to exactly that scenario. I, I've been in lots. I've been the goalie in the net, seen something happen, and that all we try and do is bring our experiences to the table and. Uh, and our opinions. So we have a lot of fun. And yes, the, the overdrive Olympics, if they could do pole vaulting like that, will I may break the internet. It might break the internet if they both attempt pole vaulting, because neither one of them will have success. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Noodles, you're the best. Thank you so much for the time. Say hi to Brian and, uh, and O-Dog and the gang over there. It's uh, it, it has been a lot of fun. Hopefully we can do this again. And I uh, really do appreciate you joining us here in the peg. No problem. Thanks for having me. Great stuff. There he is, Jamie Noodles McLennan. You can catch him a little later on today on Overdrive along with Brian Hayes and the O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill. All right, we've got a couple things to do coming up right now, including discuss the Bombers draft. Um, But big thanks to Jamie. Thanks to everyone that was with us here in chat for that. 
Give us a like if you haven't already. And uh, if you're popping in for the first time and you haven't already subscribed to Winnipeg Sports Talk, hit that red subscribe button and um, be with us on a daily basis. Hey, uh, before we get to Ed Tate and the Bombers, um, Little Brown Jug, as I mentioned, tried these yesterday. Hefeweizen, the new ones, and the new summer lager. This one is the winner, folks. Plan for this one on a nice Saturday afternoon once you're finished cutting the grass. But it is Mother's Day on the weekend, and they've got a great Mother's Day package. Uh, because if anyone deserves a beer, it's mom. We all know how hard they work, and Little Brown Jug Mother's Day gift basket is a fun, unique way to thank them for everything they do. They've teamed up with Matola Grocery for an amazing package, including Comparti's Coconut Milk Chocolate, Sugar Joy Candies, Public Goods Lavender and Vanilla Candle, Decorative Pampas Grass Brundle, and the Little Brown Jug Good Times Variety Pack, the Little Brown Jug Camping Mug, and the beautiful Little Brown Jug Tulip Glass. Now, packages are available for home delivery, as well as their beer is. Check the website out for that. What a great service during the pandemic. Um, or pick up from the tap room at 336 William on Friday or Saturday this week. Simply, folks, just go to littlebrownjug.ca and head to the store page for more information and also check out their promo going on for pizza week at their socials, um, Instagram in particular, go out, grab a pizza and a 1919. You can win some great prizes as well. Um, let's uh, get to a little bomber talk. It's been a while. We have a tentative date for the season. We're getting the shots going. And this week we had the CFL draft and no better person to talk about that with than our good friend, Ed Tate, of bluebombers.com. Eddie, welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk. It is a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Good to be with you, Huss. This is cool. I'm really uh, proud of you guys for this venture. It's it's well done, and it's uh, filling a void for me, that's for sure. Oh, hey, Ed, I, uh, I appreciate it. I mean, hey, listen, we all know what happened, um, and it was pretty clear very quickly afterwards that, you know, a lot of the people that spent a lot of time with us on the old station weren't going anywhere, um, and we know what a crazy sports city this is talking about the bombers and the jets and all of our teams and um uh, the response has been amazing even during this crazy time where we haven't even had bomber games to talk about since the gray cup was raised it really has been well how have you been i mean it must have been i mean in your professional career i mean i think you could probably everyone could say that it's been an un, literally unbelievable time but um you know, everyone's working so hard behind the scenes to get this game back on the field where it belongs. Um, very uncertain, but probably crazy times for you and everyone working so hard back at Bomber HQ. You know what? It's been it's been really trying, just like for everybody else. Um, you know, my juices get flowing when I'm in the press box and you're standing for the anthem and you're getting ready for kickoff or puck drop or whatever. Huss, I haven't covered a live event since the 2019 Great Cup. I mean, think about that for a minute. You know, last year I write some stuff for the Valor website too. I covered Valor games from PEI off the computer, but I've been doing everything from my Charleswood home office here forever. And it's, it's when you uh, love the game, when you love being at games and writing about them uh, to be denied that it's, it's awful. I'll be honest. It's awful. It's been a mental challenge and um <clears throat> I guess the side effect is we get to to do a lot of phone interviews with guys. You get to talk to them for a long time because nobody's got anything to do. <laughs> you get to know players a little bit on a different level. But I just miss being at the park, man. I miss being at practice. I'll never complain about 
covering a bomber practice on a Tuesday before a Saturday game again, that's for sure. <laughs> no doubt about it. And I mean, listen, I mean, obviously Wade will speak for the organization when it comes to what's happening going forward. But can I ask you as someone on the inside, now that we've mm. got this date for August 5th, we're seeing the vaccination numbers ramp up on a daily basis. Is it safe to say that there is, you know, some real optimism that, you know, amongst people inside the bomber organization that, we're going to see this football team as Grey Cup champs get an opportunity to defend that title and uh, at some point have some fans at IG Field watching them do it? I think that's the plan, and I think the optimism is growing. You know, I know the case count was high again today, but the vaccines keep rolling out, like you say, Huss, and um, we're all hopeful that we can get to the point where at least some fans can be in the stands this year. And, and you know, if things go really well, who knows what the, the last half of the of the season might look like where you could get closer to full capacity. That's, you know, way above my pay grade, but um, you know, it's just hard to even imagine, um, you know, a, a capacity crowd at a banjo bowl would be like, again, you know, we're, you know, you watch so many games on TV, uh, the hockey games in the North division here with nobody. And then you start to see some games in the States, NBA games, baseball, where it's just a smattering of fans. It's hard to imagine being at a game, with a capacity crowd again and how cool that's going to be when we get to that point. Amen to that, Ed. Well, let's talk about the big news this week, another draft class. And it was a strange draft in that there were no games last year, both for the team to play for last year's rookie class, but, you know, especially for something like scouting youth sports players, no tape or no games last year. I mean, just how would you describe the unique situation that Kyle Walters and his staff had going into it. And how was this maybe different than a draft that would have taken place, say, two years ago? Yeah, well, it really was different for all those reasons you just mentioned. Um, you know, nobody in Canada played college basketball or college football last year, college basketball too. Um, and then a lot of the conferences in the States didn't play games. And so you're evaluating guys from their 2019 tape uh, the youth sports players and and some of the american guys their practice tape um you know the the cfl draft is already the most uh, unique draft out there and that you're you know you're seeing offensive linemen and kickers go on the first round which just doesn't happen in the nfl really high up um you know quarterbacks don't get taken uh it's it's a bizarre draft let's face it at the best of times, the best Canadian players don't get taken. In the last year, Chase Claypool never even got drafted by a CFL team. Um, so it's unique in that regard. And then couple that with what we've all been through in the last little while. Uh, I don't know how they evaluated players and how they got it done. You know, they had a virtual testing where players would send in tape of their 40 or their, um, you know, their bench press. And, you know, some of the bomber guys were joking that, you know, how do you know if he's running a 40 or a 39? Because, uh, <laughs> you know, you can cheat. The guys can cheat on their height, their weight. Their, their, all their testing numbers can be can be goofy. So you've got to take that with a grain of salt. I think that a lot of teams put a lot of stock into the one-on-one -on -one interviews they would have done on Zoom. I know the Bombers did because they just first and foremost just want to get a feel for a guy's passion for the game. And, and even that can come out in a Zoom call. So, you know – it's it's kind of funny. I see after the draft that uh, lots of lots of people, lots of pundits are saying, you know, Team X had the best draft, Team Y had the best <laughs> draft. We don't know. Nobody's been on a field yet. We, you know, it's bizarre. And you're at, 
we can assign grades to guys, but until they put on some pads and play, let's face it, none of these drafts, nobody gets evaluated on, on how a team did until two, three years down the road. So the Bombers got some new talent. We'll see how they look uh, when training camp starts. Yeah, there is no more useless exercise than the hot take 24-hour draft grade after everything's been done (laughs) in any draft, but especially in the CFL draft. Well, Ed, it's interesting you mentioned all that stuff about tape because, yeah, there are things some guys can fudge. There are some things that maybe can be exaggerated. However, one thing that you can't fake is a 344-pound dude that's (laughs) 6'3", dunking a basketball of course, I'm referring to the third overall pick, the Bombers selecting main offensive lineman, Liam Dobson. I'm going to be straight. I'm infatuated with this guy. Ever since I saw the first couple of clips of him after the Bombers selected, I've been trying to get as much info on him. He's going to Texas State uh, as a transfer, so he won't be part of the Bombers mix for this year. Um, but tell us about the pick. What have we learned about Liam Dobson and his potential future as a Winnipeg Blue Bomber? Well, it's really an interesting pick. He's an interesting guy. I talked to him yesterday for quite a while. He's already down at Texas State taking courses. And uh, when I talked to him, I wrote this down. He was finishing up an English paper, and I asked him what it was on. It was on the U.S. prison system and how third-party contractors have a negative influence on the system. So that's pretty deep. That's (laughs) a lot deeper than any uh, paper I wrote back in the day. Uh, he's he's quite the character. He's quite intelligent. You mentioned the the dunking. He's got a great clip on Instagram of him stepping on the scale, and you can see it says 344 pounds, and then he gets up there and throws down a dunk. So he played uh, basketball into high school. He played rugby. Um, he played hockey. Can you imagine a 344 pound uh, whatever <laughs> not in goal? <laughs> Uh, he's, he's neat. He's, he's got uh, some personality to him. And and then I guess when he gets on the field, uh, TSN's, uh, Dwayne Ford called him a road grader when the draft. Oh, happened. I got so fired up. Oh, I mean, when a, you describe yeah. your first round pick as the Canadian road grader, you're yeah. like, let's go. <laughs> Remember a few years ago, uh, Dwayne called Suk Chung, uh, a nasty piece of work. So, uh, <laughs> and he got that pretty well, right. Too, based yep. on what Suk did for the Bombers. So, there's a lot to like about this guy. Um, you know, he, he moves really well from the tapes I've seen. Well, you see the dunk there, but of <laughs> his football tape too, he moves pretty good for a, for a big guy. And again, he's got a personality and there's a lot to like. He, again, so he's going to be at Texas State next, this fall. Um, and there is some concern, I guess, that he might get to some NFL interest next year. But as Kyle Walter said the other day, um, Next year's NFL draft is going to be really deep because you had a lot of players that uh, deferred because of the COVID situation. So that that might impact whether a guy like Liam gets a look next year. But I, I like the pick because uh, I like his personality and I and I I like what he can bring to the trenches. Big nasty offensive lineman. I mean, you know, it's funny in a way, and I immediately thought about this because the Bombers are in such a different place as an organization as they were when Kyle Walters took over to kind of rebuild the team in the ashes of the Joe Mack era. 
But, I mean, they really started when we talk about the Suk Chung pick. I mean, I know they probably would have loved to pick Nick Dembski and bring him home right then there, but they knew what the needs were. Um, and in a lot of ways, we know what that's done, the focus on the line of scrimmage for the Blue Bombers. So, you know, obviously not knowing all the picks and who really was there, it wasn't it wasn't a surprise to me that they would go looking to the future, knowing how important the O-line is to take a great O-line prospect, even if they're not in the mix for the next season. Right, so... Some people looked at the Bomber roster currently and thought, well, why would you take an old lineman in the first round when you've already got Drew Desjardins, who's you know just coming off his rookie year? You've got Michael Couture is still young. Uh, Pat Newfeld's probably playing the best of his career. Uh, and then you've got Jeff Gray and two Eli backing those guys up. So there's a lot of, of depth there. But, you know, we all know how valuable the Canadians are. And if you lose a guy, your depth gets uh, affected so much. Um it makes sense, and it's part of this team's personality, right? Pound the football, own the line of scrimmage. We saw that in the last game they played, which unfortunately and fortunately was the 2019 Grey Cup. But, um, you know, there's a there's a certain old-school element to, to getting down and dirty in the trenches, and I think that fits a, a Mike O'Shea team. And, and this guy, he just uh, fits the bill. He's like, as Kyle Walter said on draft night, uh, he just he just looks and sounds like a, like a blue bomber. Uh, let's talk about a few of the other picks. Uh, second round 16th, they go to D-back linebacker Rada Cramdy out of Montreal and then stay in the defensive secondary with North Carolina Rutgers DB Patrice Rene, 21st overall. Um, what do we know about these two characters? I actually talked to Reda today for a, a story that will go on our website next week. Um, the Bombers talked about uh, his passion for the game, too, that really came forward in, in their Zoom call. <clears throat> and when I spoke to him, man, the guy is just fired up. He's so happy to be a, a Blue Bomber. But he just talked about, I said, well, what you know, give me an example of your passion. And he said, you know, when I step in to that onto that field surrounded by four white lines, he said, all my troubles, whether it's girl troubles, school troubles, business troubles, whatever, they go away for three hours and I can go out and knock the snot out of people. And I mean, again, that sounds like a, a kind of Mike O'Shea guy, doesn't it? Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. So they like him. He played at, uh, at Montreal for, for Danny Machocha at the university of Montreal. He um, lined up all over the defensive secondary. And I think that's what the bombers like about him. He can play some linebacker and very, very versatile. And then, Patrice Rene is a guy that's uh, he, he played at North Carolina, really, really good athlete. He's going to be at Rutgers next year, so he's changing schools too. Um, and again, uh, a captain with the Tar Heels, and they like his uh, leadership of abilities. And again, the, the Zoom call seemed to uh, maybe really help him in, in his stock with the Bombers because, uh, you know, it came through again, his passion for the game and, and the uh, you know, I, I keep repeating that, but if if you get a couple guys that are the same in the evaluation and one guy comes across as a dud in the interview or gives you yes, no answers, and, and another guy feels like he's going to pop through the screen and, and wants to show you how he can how he can hit, I think I know who I'm going to pick. And I think that's what the Bombers did with those two guys is, that, uh, you know, the, again, passion for the game. And both kind of fit a need because they lost some people – in free agency, Derek Jones went to BC. Kerfalak Zume went back to Montreal. Jeff Hecht retired, essentially. Um, so they had some holes to to fill in the secondary, and it was uh, those. That's why those two picks were important. 
Um, they then went and broke a lot of Ryder fans' hearts, I think. Back-to-back picks out of the University of Regina. Robbie Lowe's, who happens to be, I believe, the son of Bob Lowe's, former mm-hmm. Wheat Kings, now with the Vegas Golden Knights. And um, Kyle Borsa, I did get a couple messages that they had the Ryder jerseys ready, the big draft party were done, and all of a sudden, he's selected by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, I'm here for it, uh, but tell us about these Tuba Regina products that are now going to be wearing enemy colors if they uh, become CFLers. Yeah, well, Robbie Lowe's has got a really good, well, both of them have a really good chance of making the, the roster coming up. Uh, I didn't know that uh, Robbie was Bob Lowe's uh, kid, and Gary texted me during the draft to say that, so a uh, shout-out to, to Gary for giving us the intel on that. Um, I, another guy that's uh, can run around the field, play a bunch of different spots on defense. It, again, his tape just apparently just popped out in terms of what he could do on special teams too. And then Kyle Bors is an interesting one because, you know, again, the Bombers start Andrew Harris at, at running back and they've got him really uh, good depth behind him and Johnny Augustine and Brady Oliveira. So I was surprised that they might take another uh, Canadian running back because is there enough room for all these guys? But uh his tape was was too good. His, his stats were too good. That's from 2018. Now he missed 2019 because he he uh, failed a drug test, and apparently there's a story behind that too about how he bought a supplement at a store and was it was recommended to him by somebody. So he's been through an awful lot, and the bombers kind of are are going to give him a second chance, and and we're impressed with how he he dealt with it so upfront in in the interview. But you're right, it's neat when. Uh, this stokes the rivalry, right? Right when you go into the, the other team's backyard and, and pluck a couple of players like that, and you, you mentioned Dembski. Remember that year the the Bombers had, uh, I think that was the Suk Chung year. That was the Suk Chung pick. Yeah, right? so they had two picks in the first round. They had to get the old lineman early, and then they were hoping that they could get uh, Dembski with their second pick, but Saskatchewan took him. So Winnipeg ended up taking Addison Richards, a receiver from Regina, <laughs> with their next pick, and. I love that stuff. That's what I miss, Huss. Let's go. Oh, Let's get hey, the Tell me about it. Well, they grabbed the two uh, Regina guys. And just we'd remiss, final pick. Uh, they did go local. St. Paul's went at U of M product out of Bemidji State, Shea Weeks. Yeah, so an exceptional athlete. He actually, I remember seeing him in high school because he played against my oldest son uh, in high school football. And just an exceptional athlete um, who after the youth sports season was canceled last year, decided to go to Bemidji state and will play there this year. So he won't be in training camp um, this year. Either will Liam Dobson or Patrice Rene because the NCAA players can't come to a pro camp without, excuse me, losing their eligibility eligibility. But uh, weeks is, uh, I guess the, the knock on him is that his, his, his tape is really good. And then there's times where the tape is just okay. So um, maybe at uh, Bemidji State, he can he can find some more consistency in his game. Right on. Ed, listen, uh, it, awesome having you on the program. <laughs> uh, really appreciate it. And listen, I'm hoping we can do this on the reg very soon, talking about things happening on the field as opposed to off the field. And by the way, great choice. Uh, not Spawn, <laughs> but uh, you know I'm down with the Diet Pepsi too. Eddie, uh, give my best to, to DC and all the gang back at the office. And uh, let's do this again soon. Anytime you want, Huss. Appreciate you having me on. <laughs> great stuff. There he is. Eddie Tate, great friend of the program. 
And I've talked to Ed a long time over the course of the years, but man, it's just great to have him with his experience covering the Blue Bombers at BlueBombers.com and joining us here on the program. It was great stuff with Eddie Tate. And again, go to BlueBombers.com if you want to read more about all the draft class of 2021 for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, Man, it's been a great last hour or so. It was just incredible stuff with Noodles, great stuff with with Ed, and of course, we got the Gold Eyes update right off the bat. Um, uh, should mention uh, spring now pretty much here for sure could get a little bit warmer uh, but now it's time to get outside and Royal Sports is your number one spot to dominate spring and summer whether you're looking for camping gear fitness gear bikes despite a worldwide bike shortage they're still getting more in on a weekly basis as well as licensed merchandise from all around the sports world and disc golf if you're thinking about getting into that they've got kits started up Make your own course, everything. Let's get ready for summer. Royal Sports, pop down, tell them that your boys, Hudson Remus and Winnipeg Sports Talk, sent you. Um, also, just before we get Remus back in, of course, Breezy Ben sponsors all of our golf coverage here on the program. I was out of Breezy earlier this week. Greens are in mint shape, working on the course. Just got to get a bit warmer, and then it will be perfect. Um, right now, Wells Fargo is the tournament, and look at Phil Mickelson. One shot back after nine holes. Kyung-hoon Lee in the clubhouse, five under par. Sanjay Im's at three under. Some other notable names. Victor Hovland, two under. Tommy Fleetwood is at three. Luke List. Um, Abe answered. Haven't seen many Canadian flags in this one. Corey Connors, minus one through eight. Uh, and again, if you want more information, maybe get set up for next year's golf season. Get on the waiting list right now at breezybend.ca. All right, let's get the CTO, Michael Remus, back in here. And a very busy. Whoa! Yeah, we're watching the Moose game. Uh, 2 nothing Moose right now. 2 nothing. Excellent. Yeah, Moose Marley's. Uh, I know it's everyone it's in the chat is seeing it. TSN 2, I believe, a yeah. uh, little matinee action, uh, and the Moose lighting up Freddie Anderson, getting him ready for uh, maybe the same thing in the playoffs, fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> here, let me put up uh, the poll, actually, because it does seem like a lot of our our uh, viewers here, there it is, want to see the Maple Leafs instead of the Oilers. There's the poll right now on our Twitter account, WPG. But uh, Freddie Anderson, I don't know. Is he going to play in the playoffs? We'll wait and see. He's, he's let in two goals on, what, like five shots? Um, so uh, thanks, everyone, in chat keeping us updated. Who's got the goal? Jeff Mallett and Ty Belton, uh, Pelton Bice with the two goals here on Freddie Anderson early. Well, you know, it's funny that we mentioned the Moose because I did want to get back to Vili Hainala and his performance last night. Um, you know, calm, quiet, effective, did not get victimized, did not get pushed around, you know, took a big hit from Buddy Robinson. Um, But as I mentioned earlier, I sort of get Maurice maybe being worried that, you know, at his size and stature, uh, with his lack of experience, he could get killed in the playoffs. Um, But honestly, the way he played last night, I would think that maybe the coach is coming more and more towards potentially um, taking that chance because of what he brought to the club last night. Um, why don't we get to those two yeah. Maurice clips? Um, sure. And maybe we can do the Vili Hainala one second if you want, or uh, if you want to do the first one about just ending the streak from the coach's perspective and moving yeah. on from here. You can, just, sit, you can set him up. Yeah, just one thing first. You know, you talk about Vili Hainala, another small guy, Eric Brandstrom um, on the sense. He was uh, filling in for Thomas Shabbat. Three assists yesterday. That guy, 5'9". One 
81. Well, it's interesting. And you know what? He, at the beginning of the season, he was like the key piece that came over from Vegas um, in the stone trade. Yeah. And, you know, he was really thought that maybe he would be sort of like, you know, the Carlson 2.0. And I remember talking to, I can't remember who we had on from Ottawa earlier this year. Um, But, you know, despite the young sends and everything that they were doing, he was sort of thought to be, you know, not developing as they wanted to, was still in the American Hockey League, hadn't made the club despite the youth movement that they were going in. Um, But he's, you know, joined the club in the last second half of the season and is now starting to kind of show the Senators and their fans, I think, what they hoped they were getting uh, as part of that package for Mark Stone. Yeah, he was like min price on DraftKings yesterday. I took him. Uh, He did awesome. (laughs) Unfortunately, the rest of my team sucked. So uh, what a wasted performance. But that was a good pick by me. I'll take... I'll take that. But here, we got Paul Maurice. We want to hear from him yesterday. This was after the game on clinching the playoffs. It's good. You know, you uh, get wrapped up in the moment sometimes. And when you have the stretch that we've just had, you lose sight of anything. Uh, You lose sight of your starting point. And, um, you know, we had a lot of things that we had to get right to get into the playoffs and got off to a real good start and maintained that. And, of course, it's well documented what we just went through. But now you can take a step back and look at the bigger picture of the start to where we are now and uh, get to make the playoffs in a really difficult season for all teams. Um, so we'll get to enjoy that for a day. All right, so there's the coach on, you know, making the playoffs. And, listen, he wasn't – going in, getting the pom-poms on, getting all fired up. I think it was just more. You could really sense the relief, I think, from a number of players. I mean, a guy like Hellebuck already put it in the background. Um, you know, he, he probably he won't even acknowledge the fact that they just had a seven-game losing streak. Wheeler and Maurice were a little different, and I think they're more alike, maybe wearing it a little bit more. Um, but, you know, honestly, Remus, the coach said a couple days ago, and I mean, again, this is best-case scenario. We'll see whether it happens. But if they can use this to kind of get grounded again and get back to playing a style of hockey that maybe is not preferred all the time, but it's the way you have to win, this could be this could be something that ends up actually helping them down the road, considering they didn't really go through anything like this for the better part of the entire season up to the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's crazy that you can have a losing streak like that at the end of the season and have it not affect your playoff chances. And as far as, you know, sell, you know normally teams clinch the playoffs – in baseball, has they get champagne parties? I know in the past the Jets have had. This was the most like business-like celebration, where I think people are asking, "Hey, did you guys remember how to celebrate a win?" I think that was one of the questions yesterday. And yeah, you talk about that Blake. was to Lowry. He yeah. laughed. He laughed pretty. Good yeah, he had a, he had a good laugh about. That. I mean, it was a joking. <laughs> Smart uh, giving that to Lowry as opposed to maybe some of the other people that uh, that went to the podium yeah. after the game. <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> Exactly. And I mean, Blake Wheeler on the 800 points um, saying if he like is proud of that accomplishment, he's like, I don't didn't see just dismissed it immediately. Doesn't care. <laughs> and look, 800 points. I mean, that's an incredible accomplishment in the NHL. Um, you know, not a lot of people get that many. Uh, Anze Kopitar had a thousand yesterday. You have to wonder if Wheeler, I mean, it, that would be the next one. I mean, 900, then a thousand. And if he can play a couple more years, you know, 40, 50 points a season, uh, definitely within reach, a thousand. And I mean, that used to be reserved for like a Hall of Fame type of guys. I don't know if Wheeler is there, but he's definitely been one of the best uh, right wingers over the last couple of years, having maybe a bit of a down year this year. But there he was last night uh, getting two on the score sheet. Some nice moves 
in front yeah. of Jacob Markstrom. Well, on that goal that he scored, I mean, it was sort of, you know, it was 2 nothing. He comes out of the penalty box. They had that close call where the puck kind of ran along the crossbar and got put out by Pionk. And next thing you know, Wheeler makes the steal and goes in all alone and buries it. Um, you know, and then was able to get a power play goal from Mark Scheifele. That was the goal, the 500-800 goal, the big milestone goal for the Jets. And we should give a congratulations to Maurice as well, who uh, hit a milestone of his own finally got that 300th win as the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. But let's get to this other clip because I know certainly Kenny and Rennie, I see guys afterwards on CJOB, lots of people talking about Philly Hainala getting back into the lineup, the Jets winning again. And, you know, did Philly Hainala do enough to maybe show the coach that, you know, he deserves another shot? Here's what he had to say about the young defenseman after the game. I don't know how to answer that. I don't think it has as big an impact as you think. I liked Villy's game. I didn't see the, the game from the other team that I thought I was going to see. Like, I thought this would be a really heavy hitting. He took a hit, big hit in the second period. Um, like Robinson caught him. Um, I thought this was going to be a very physical game in the, in the corners, and it wasn't. But I really like Villy's game in, in terms of the two or three outlet passes. It's... It, a puck-moving defenseman doesn't need to move it 50 times in a game to be a puck-moving defenseman. It's it's about one-up period that'll take you from being a bottom third team to a top third team in terms of your exits and your breakouts. So he did that. I like that an awful lot. But what was really good about Philly's game was his gap in the offensive zone, the confidence, and picking the right team time to gap hard. So what that tells you is he's a player that understands his own size, what he needs to do to play against bigger men, pre-gap, get in there early, uh, pick the right time to do it. So there was a lot of really small things about Villy's game that were nice tonight. Um, so he certainly earned another look. I mean, I think uh, he played well enough to get back in for sure. All right, so there's Coach Paul Maurice on Philly Hanel's game afterwards. And again, like I said before, I get Maurice's concern, you know, that maybe things are a little different in the playoffs and that he might not be able to hang physically with some of what will be coming at him. But, Remus, I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, when we saw what he did last night, and granted, I agree with Maurice. I don't think the Flames brought it physically at all last night with the exception of a couple plays like Buddy Robinson, as we mentioned. All that being said, though, I mean, I think just the poise that Hanela plays with um, and what he was able to do. There was a play, and we talk about, you know, he was mentioning the gaps. I don't know if you remember, he made a one brilliant play where he turned around, saved a puck at the blue line in the offensive zone, got it around to Pierre-Luc Dubois behind the net to maintain offensive possession, and very quickly, Dubois, um, you know, was the victimized of a penalty. Um, and the Jets ended up getting a power play that does not happen if Philly doesn't make that little play. So, um, listen, I think the fans saw it last night. It was quite obvious the coach saw that there was a lot of things that this young man brings to the table for the Winnipeg Jets. And frankly, there's some things that this blue line has really needed this season. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen that, uh, you know, seven games, losing streak. They need a guy. And you have to wonder, you know, maybe... He works himself into position. Does he get some uh, power play time or, or something eventually? I think maybe that's down the road. They're trying to ease him into the lineup. I think a lot of fans would like to see him get you know more ice time. But hey, he was in the team one. Um, you know he's played uh, pro in in Finland. He was again all star at the World Juniors. I mean we've seen more and more young defensemen come in, you know, and make an impact right away. These you know, young mobile defensemen who can move the puck. 
and he is that. And uh, we saw him last night, and we'll wait and see, you know, if he gets in again. Um, I'm not sure, you know. You, the question- he's getting in again. He's getting yeah. in again. And as I said, what I'm going to be looking for when he gets in is if he's back with DeMello, if they maybe give them a little bit more responsibly, maybe play them up in the lineup with no yeah. disrespect to Pullman or Derek Forbort. Um, because I, I like after watching that game right now and knowing what he brings, as I said, we'll see what happens with the physicality of teams like Toronto and Edmonton and what they would try to do to negate Hanela and what he brings to the table. But I really think that that performance last night puts him very much in the mix for a spot. Um, and again, you know, we'll see what happens if people get hurt. I still would love to see a lineup that has both Stanley and Hanela in it. Um, you know, again, I think that maybe is a bit of a stretch right now with two rookies in at this time of the year. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I'd love to see it before the end of the regular season. Yeah, and you have to wonder now that the playoffs are clinched. I don't think their position is clinched. But uh, Montreal had a rough one yesterday. Um, you know, do they go in and try to rest some guys here? And I, you said that yesterday to Ken. What are the chances we do see a Stanley Hanela pairing? Or not pairing, sorry. Both of them in the lineup. Uh, why not do it? Give some guys a rest. Take a look at these guys. They've both played well, deserve some time. Um, and I and I do think we will see. I mean, he said, more he said, but he also said there was going to be a rotation. And the GM said they'd like to get a look at Hanela. And then he played one game and didn't play for seven. So maybe sometimes, you know, you don't need to take what they say so literally. But uh, it's just something that we can look back on and uh, evaluate as we go. Yeah, listen, I mean, we always, you know, appreciate the coaches' comments and we'll listen to them. Sometimes um, I think they're frank and other times, you know, sometimes there's more to what the coach is saying for the big picture of what they're trying to do. All I know is that I think both of these young men, you know, deserve an opportunity to play. And, you know, with a guy like Derek Forbort and how much he's played this season, I mean, even if you're planning on him playing big minutes come game one of the playoffs – I don't think it would hurt to have a guy like that maybe get a couple games off, rest. I mean, it probably could be beneficial. So regardless, the playoff clinch party is in effect, Remus, here in Winnipeg. We've got the, the Yeah, we got our stuff. Out. You missed the whites out. We're all ready, ready to go. Lit- literal um, pom-poms on this show, yeah, Hus. Literal exactly. pom-poms. That's, you know, a large <laughs> jug of Kool-Aid we've got to, to, to crush a little later on, but... Anyways, it's exciting. <laughs> nice to get this losing streak in the rearview mirror and look ahead. And of course, the Jets coming up, play Ottawa, couple games against Vancouver. And then we'll see. I, I, I'm very interested as to what that final game of the season against Toronto looks like, Reem, and the fact that, you know, when they originally moved, it was supposed to be three games. They switched it to two because of the Vancouver rescheduling and knew that there was that final game of the season, we thought, man, this could be for first place. Well, obviously, that ship has sailed right now, and that could really be a nothing game. But again, there still is the potential, you know, depending on what Montreal does, is that that could be a final regular season matchup previewing game one of a potential 1-4 series between the Jets. Although I think third place a lot more likely after last night's results with their win and Montreal's loss to the Sens. Yeah, Montreal um, seems to be going through a rough stretch, and we did have our poll. I'll bring it up here. Uh, where is my poll? I don't know where it is. But uh, 70% of people on our Twitter poll want the Jets to play the Maple Leafs. So, I mean, I think that if you had to ask me, that's who I would say. They've had success against the Leafs. I think the Leafs are the better team than the Oilers. But for whatever reason, Hus. 
Well, not whatever reason. I mean, Connor McDavid, they haven't been able to contain him. Now, no one has. He's going to score 100 points in this shortened season. We're looking for that. But especially against the Jets, he's feasted on them more than he has any other team. And uh, I would vote it for Troy. I don't think I voted because I... Jets are I very vote, due. Jets are very due against the Oilers. <laughs> yeah, they're due. You yeah, can't were... beat a team 10 times straight. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, that's a good point. We'll We'll wait and see, but... Uh, and I thought the Oilers, you know, they don't have depth, but some of their depth guys are playing well. Um, you know, they f- seem to have a line going now with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and uh, Pugliarvi, where they got, like, Cahoon and uh, Nugent Hopkins on this on the second line. Maybe they finally got some guys there. The defense, Barry, Nurse, having very good seasons. Nurse so, has uh, been amazing this year. Nurse might be, I think Nurse might actually be the best defenseman in the North this season. If you really, if you break down contributions of everyone, how much they played and all that. Interesting question from Tracy evans Buer. Hi, Trace. Great to have you with us here live in the YouTube chat. Tracy asks, how did the Jets keep the style of game they played yesterday while also resting players before the playoffs? Well, to be honest with you, that style of game they played yesterday with more attention to detail in the defensive zone and doing those simple things better, I don't think it really matters who's in the lineup, to be honest with you, because, um, I mean, let's face it, guys are going to get hurt. Guys will get changed around. Lines will be switched up. But the the, the foundation, the basis of the way the Jets want to play, um, like we've seen in these last couple days, you know, won't change, you know, if someone's rested or someone's hurt. Um, and I think that's the key for the Jets going forward to try to replicate those efforts and, you know, again, be a little bit more productive in the offensive zone. And if that happens, you know, we're talking about, you know, a team that'll be able to go in and challenge a team like Edmund to Toronto and, you know, who knows what the result will be, but they'll be able to play with them. Um, and that's why it was nice to see. And as we talked to Noodles earlier on the program, you know, uh, the Jets in Ottawa did just about everything right. They didn't have the finish. They didn't get the result. They continued that, finally got that yesterday, got a few pucks to go in, um, and played well in front of Connor Hellebuck. I know the shots... The shots look somewhat lopsided. That was, you know, basically the third period where there was a few power plays involved. And, you know, Calgary did give one kind of one final push, if you want to say that. But, Remo, I will say, from a Jet fan perspective, it was nice to, to see them get that win for so many reasons last night. But also to return the favor and officially end the Calgary's Flames season after the Flames did the same thing to the Jets in the bubble last August. Yeah, and I can't believe how much this uh, Flames team has has fallen. Um, you know, what were they the top team before? They got you know two years ago last year beating the Jets. Although the Jets, I mean, I don't want to say the series was over. You know, ten minutes into the first game, but losing Shifley, then Line A, after waiting that was that like after waiting <laughs> for how many months <laughs> for the playoffs to start. So if he goes down right, you're like, oh, well. Five minutes into game yeah. one. I, see, I think he had two shifts. Two shifts in the playoffs. Yeah, and then line A goes down. You're just like, oh, come on, guys. Like, what's going on here? So, um, uh, Hey, let's check the uh, cool bet lines for tonight's action in the National Hockey League. I think the Rangers have anything left tonight for the Bruins after what happened no. yesterday against oh, the, what's, what's the Capitals. The, the, what's the line? I, yeah, I would, I would take the line the on this game: Boston minus two sixty-three, Rangers plus two fifteen. Rangers on the puck line to win by two minus one hundred five. Um, you got Chicago at the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes m- huge favorites minus three twenty-three at home. You've got the Devils and the Islanders. Islanders, big favorites at home, minus 244. Pittsburgh, minus 385 
over the Buffalo Sabres and the old school original six rivalry. The Habs coming off a 5-1 loss to the Sens last night, going up against the Leafs in a potential first round playoff matchup. Toronto minus 227 and the Habs plus 190 in the final game is Edmonton and Vancouver. Edmonton a big a big favorite at plus 270. But let's take a look at the real line we care about from that game, Reem, and that is the Connor McDavid point totals over. I've never seen a line like this ever. Connor McDavid to score over one and a half points, so a two-point game is minus 143. <laughs> yeah, well, I to get under, you're getting more than plus money, plus 108 for McDavid to have one or fewer points in the game. I mean, that's yeah. just insane. And if you think he can get three, it's plus 290. Yeah, I've been locking him on uh, on DraftKings. Um, you know, his salary was like 9K, but he seems to be good for a couple points. So you got to lock those free points in. So, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, you're seeing all the comparisons, but... Uh, so no one's talking about McDavid anymore. They're all talking about fighting uh, last night. So maybe McDavid can grab some well, more. Well, by of the way, congr- you are right. And, and congratulations to you for yesterday having the most freezing cold take on yesterday's yeah. edition of Winnipeg Sports I, Talk. I got to own it. We don't have the, we don't have the clip. But no, I, it's I deleted. Believe, <laughs> I, I, I believe uh, the quote was... Everyone's talking about all this, but we all know nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Well, it took all of half a second for something to happen. Three fights right off the opening face-off and uh, a lot of nonsense. I'll take the L. In the first uh, six You don't see those type of games anymore. No, you're right. Look, everyone was calling the Rangers soft. They had a soft team. (laughs) (laughs) So... I guess I liked what, what Jamie, he had the the most reasonable uh, takes, uh, well-reasoned, uh, well-thought-out. Uh, I love to hear what he had to say about that. Um, you know, I was tuned in yesterday when I heard that they fought right away. I was like, oh, I need to turn this on right now. I'm in. <laughs> I can, can I think that it was awesome, but also, like, the dumbest? So uh, Yeah, it was, yeah it, you definitely can. It was great, and, and the Rangers got fined uh, 250K uh, for that. It's an expensive tweet. That they uh, put out there calling out George Peros. Well, not to mention it cost the president and the GM their jobs as well. And yeah. that's just hothead James Dolan going, what? You guys didn't support that tweet? Get the hell out of here. You're fired. That's essentially how I think that conversation went. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> wild stuff. And uh, we'll see what happens with Chris, uh, Chris Jury now as the GM. Yeah, so three games left for the Rangers, but that offseason story is going to be percolating for a while. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting to see, and I believe Gregory fired a few karma as a bitch tweets last yeah. night after Tom Wilson, of all people, left the game due to an upper body injury. Many people thought that he was just done with yeah. what was happening, and it was good for everyone if he went away. Yeah, he didn't need to be there anymore. But um, we all do have to give a shout out, a couple shout outs here at the end. A shout out to TJ Oshie for scoring the hat trick oh. on the week of his dad's uh, passing. It's brutal that that got completely overshadowed because mm-hmm. that really was a great a great story. Although it's funny, if you watch the NHL package of the replay of the game, you'd have no idea that any of the fights, the high really? stick, any of that, ha- no, none of that's in, none of that's in the package for the game. At it's, the NHL.com website. All, yeah, it's all about TJ Oshie and the great story, the three goals after so there weren't any passed fights. away. No, but not not if you not if you go back and look at the uh, the replay that's, of the game. That's amazing that they do that, and um, 
uh, I guess, allow a, an atmosphere for that to happen. I mean, fighting is part of the game, Huss. If they don't want it part of the, you know, if they don't want to show part the, of the, it's not the, part of the highlights. If they don't want it part of the game, then, or sorry, don't want to show the highlights, then I don't know what I'm trying to say, but uh, very, very funny. Let's just say the highlights certainly were shown on Sports Center last night, both north that. and south of the border, as mm-hmm. much as uh, they may try and try to repackage what happened last night at MSG. Um, and uh, and clean it up a little bit before it went to their people on NHL.com. Um, as again, CoolBet lines, all available, CoolBet.com. Check our uh, Twitter page daily for the Daily Lines tweet, along with a link if you want to come and join us on CoolBet.com. And I just mentioned to you, for you folks that are into fishing, if you're looking for a world-class holiday opportunity here in the province check out Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge they do have openings in June almost never happens but because of the pandemic much of their American business aren't coming up Um, so uh, take advantage of it Uh, 45 minute drive from the city 25 minute flight boom you're on the water two hours from the city for an unbelievable world-class experience put on by Pitt Turan and his great family so uh, Aikens Lake follow on Twitter as well at AikensLake.com um, Reem, this has been a wild, uh, well, basically week, um, but just everything feels a little bit lighter, I think, around the Winnipeg Jets after that win last night. And now that the pom-poms have been brought out, the whites are being cleaned, we can look forward to these final four games, many of the topics we've touched on in today's show. Uh, upcoming game on the 8th against the Ottawa Senators, two more against Vancouver, one final game against the Leafs. And by then, we'll find out who the Jets' opponent will be. And uh, this entire seven-game losing streak hopefully will be ancient history. And we won't be reminded of it by the way the team plays on it. And we'll uh, have a great matchup for round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs after all this wait. Yeah, what did Hellebuck say? I didn't have any weight on my shoulders. Uh, I'm ready to move forward. I don't even remember that seven-game losing streak. We're just trying to play Winnipeg Jets hockey and... You know, go out there and give a good effort, right? Isn't that live what? your life? Live your life by the teachings of Connor Hellebuck. And when you're going through tough times or adversity, think about Hellebuck. Instill the unwavering confidence and self belief that he has, and it will help you do whatever you do in life. And hopefully, it'll help the Jets um, get back doing what they've been doing for a good portion of this season. Now that they've clinched a playoff spot, and um, we'll see whether they can get back to it and have their best for either the Oilers or the Leafs coming up in a couple weeks when they drop the puck on the tourney. Yeah, whenever I have a a tough day, I have to sit back and just remember how much fun I like to have. And then the the good stuff happens, right? And then we're here, and with the results, and I just hey, you know what? Uh, you know, I know you're being somewhat facetious, but I actually absolutely believe in all of what you just said and what Hellebuck said. So Church of Hellebuck, I'm fired up. I, you know what? Hey, listen, I will. I allow me to be the first person in the pews if uh, if he's going to be doing some sermons occasionally. I will be there, and I know many Jet fans will be as well. Remo, what's going on tonight? Anything? Hey, actually, you know what we should do. Uh, you say get your whites out. I should do like a video on washing them uh, in OxyClean because uh, we have talked about that before. Well, you're a huge OxyClean, but I can't I can't believe that you haven't gone to the uh, the other big NHL news today yes. coming out of the uh, out of the cleaning world. Do you want to uh, do you want to drop yeah, that? Yeah, um, NHL had a big you know they're not getting all the revenue from fans in the buildings, so they got to do more sponsorships. We've seen helmet ads uh, this year. Cars in the corner of the arena. Yeah, cars in the corner. But NHL has a new partner. The official 
you know, disinfectant of the league because you need one of those in 2020, 2021. Absolutely. NHL partnering with Clorox. Clorox. (laughs) Sorry, Lysol, you missed out on that one. So I've always been a Lysol guy, but I'll have to uh, switch over to Clorox. Now, are Lysol and Clorox competing brands basically making the same thing? I think so, yeah, yeah. There's Clorox, yeah. So... There's a good song by a Canadian group, uh, Chromio, Clorox Wipe. So I'll be having that one on repeat tonight. Now, where does OxyClean work into this mix? Different products yeah, entirely well, or that's basically the different the same product. stuff? That's a laundry detergent. Makes the whites whiter. So I'm going to recommend that if you're looking to uh, brighten up your white jerseys. I have a Jets uh, I have a Jets jersey here at 1.0. I bought it off uh, like Kijiji. What number? Uh, blank, blank. Had a couple oh, stains blank. on it and uh, just soaked it in OxyClean for a couple hours, and it was good. Actually, this uh, Team Canada jersey behind me, the Sackick, I was playing shinny. I got a puck in the mouth, bled all over it, immediately went home, soaked it in OxyClean, <laughs> and there are no blood stains on it. That's how effective what's the product the, is. Uh, what's the statute of limitations on OxyClean working? Because I've got a Jonathan Taves Canada jersey from the 2010 game that was almost half purple from Jagermeister after the big victory. And I don't think it's ever been taken care of. Do you think that it can be salvaged this a white later? jersey with with yeah, white jersey. Yeah, I had other like coffee stains on that sack of jersey that are gone. So I think if you soaked it for like six hours in OxyClean and then and then put it in the like laundry with OxyClean, like the the laundry machine. I think you could get it out. Now, I am a bit apprehensive of putting jerseys. Like, yeah, it doesn't make feel good, but you wash it on, like, delicate, and you're golden. What are you writing there? No, nothing. Well, it's funny. I was writing a bunch of things last night, and you joke about you making the crack about the Church of Hellebuck. And somebody else was just popping. Oh, Derek Schmidt, Remus, we need the Gospel of Helly segment up on Twitter. I did literally write down some of the... Well, this is just what I wrote down of the Church of Connor last night. Unwavering self-belief, confidence, commitment to your craft, having fun, and being yourself. You do all that with the commitment of Connor Hellebuck, you will succeed. And there you go. That, that, that's the first sermon from the, uh, the, the scriptures of number 37, Reem. Yeah, that was well well said. I think that's a good place to end. I don't think we have any more shout-outs. We do, actually, we should mention Albert Pujols, uh, Hall of Famer. Oh, pour released. Out. Pour a little out for Albert. Yeah, pour one out. I don't <laughs> Not on your microphone. We kind of need to use that. But... Good point. I almost did that. That would have been <laughs> bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, te- and the last year of a 10-year deal with the Angels, this was a terrible contract. He hasn't been, you know, a positive war player, uh, wins above replacement for a while, so... Um, he was pretty limited. They have this Jared Walsh young player who's doing very well at first. Kind of opens up the lineup. And uh, a really sad way to end a, a Hall of Fame career. I don't know. Maybe someone will sign him and he can hang on for one more year as a DH somewhere. But, uh, I mean, he was one of the Royals best players. Royals could use him. Get them, get him in there doing some uh, DH or pinch hitting for the Royals. They could use him. Yeah. They need a couple big bats so, if he's got to squeeze anything left out of, uh, what is he, 41 now or something like that? He sent a 12-year deal, if I recall, with the Angels. Originally. Yeah. I can't believe this is coming to an end. Crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. So you forget how good he was and that he won two World Series in St. Louis because he's been not good on the Angels. Uh, he was an all-star one year on the Angels, so... Uh, that was one, you know, big free agent signing. Didn't work out, but doesn't diminish uh, what he did in the first half of his career. 
Uh, we do have a bunch of afternoon baseball on this afternoon. If you're watching with us live, Blue Jays and A's are just underway. Middle of the first, Jays didn't score but did get a couple hits in the top of the inning. And the big guy, Hunjin Ryu, on the hill this afternoon for the Toronto Blue Jays. Big show coming up tomorrow. Jeff Hamilton's going to join us. We'll have tons of Jets talk heading into the weekend with the hammer. Really looking forward to that. Um, as always, big thanks to our sponsors, Little Brown Jug, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend, Not Autocorp, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Aikens Lake, and our betting partner, CoolBet.com. That's going to do it for us today. Can't thank the guys enough. Andrew Collier, go to GoldEyes.com for more information on the Gold Ice coming season, starting off in Jackson, Tennessee. Ed Tate for joining us on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Draft Week. And, of course, an amazing 2025 minutes with Noodles, Jamie McLennan. If you're tuning in right now, make sure to hit the replay or follow us uh, on the podcast, and you'll get those as well. Um, for everyone that's still around us, around with us here, um, let's get those likes going. Um, oh, we've got a bunch here. I guess mine didn't update. Yeah, we're, we're at 176 right now. So, And we're closing in. We're closing in. The drive to 4,000 is oh, wow. on. We're at uh, 39.78, so 22 more, and we'll be at 4K follows on, or 4K subs on YouTube. So if you're if not, you're, yeah, if you're not, there's 30, I, the analytics say us, 35% of people who watch your videos are not subscribed. So uh, I don't know if that's low or high, but hit that, hit that subscribe button. So it just what? means we have room for growth. The yeah. more the merrier. Join us on the WST team every day at 1 o'clock. And if you're with us and you haven't, hit that red subscribe button so you can be with us on a daily basis. And as always, uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, search Winnipeg Sports Talk and hit subscribe. Uh, for Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks to all of you for joining us today. We'll have a big Friday show heading into the weekend tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Have a great one tonight. Spread the word on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We love the support. Thanks, and have a great evening. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 